Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Thanks again for joining us for the Activate podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom. My name is Brandon, and I'm excited to be having another conversation on our recent series, Fearless, Living in Faith Over Fear. And it's been a powerful series already. Pastor Christian, thanks again for joining joining us. We're three weeks into this series. What kind of feedback are you getting? Sadly, I'm getting a lot of feedback that people are living in fear. Um, really? You know, just the title of the series uh, grabbed people because I think everyone just intrinsically knew like I've got to have some faith in some in some right. key areas, um, but I, I think the security piece is huge. Uh, I think I think there's a reality that some people have placed sec- ultimate security, yes, um, foundational security in anything other than Jesus, and and we learn from Daniel, uh, Daniel chapter one, that if your security is in anything but Jesus, it can be taken from you, and if that's a reality, you you live with kind of this underbelly of fear your entire life. So I'm hearing great things. Uh, I'm seeing some people who are, who are trying to step into faith um, and live differently. That's great. Uh, and I, I think it's, it, it's, it's been a great series. I, I'm hoping it will be a transformational series, not something that gives people good ideas, um, but gives, gives people good direction to change some things permanently in their lives. Uh, it's challenged my heart for sure. So, well, let's just jump into this weekend's message. Again, another powerful message. And it was on the uh, topic of giving and, and tithing. And I just want to come right out and ask you, as a pastor, take a moment to discuss how important it is to talk about the spiritual principle of giving and tithing and some of the misconceptions that uh, exist when a pastor talks about money from the stage. Sure. Well, you know, there's there's the obvious thought that, you know, people hear people say all churches want is your money. Right. I've never been in a church like that. To, I mean, to be honest with you, I've never been in a church where people say all churches want um, are your money. But but churches do talk about money. Jesus talked about That's money. Right. And here's the deal. M- money is a spiritual issue. Right. Money is not um, the root of all evil. But Scripture does say the love of money is the root of all evil. I, I think probably placing security in money um, could could lead to evil, could lead to greed. Jesus says, be on your guard um, against greed. Uh, so I, I think it's important to talk about as a church because it's a spiritual issue um, and because it helps you place more security and faith in Jesus. And I think it opens up, I, I know it opens up, according to Scripture, uh, opportunities for blessing and protection in your life. So I shared this statistics, um, you know, from, from a U.S. Census data um, you know, average, the median house, household income in Lee Summit. Um, if we took that and we applied it to our giving, we said last year of the nearly 700 households that gave uh, at our church, and we're grateful for each and every one of them, right? I mean, every dollar makes the mission go. Absolutely. But just if we just do math, 13% of the families in our church who give are giving a tithe. If you say, okay, if money is a spiritual issue and that fact is true, um, if only 13% of the marriages in your church were good marriages, would you have a strong church? If only 13% of the people in your church ever read the Bible, would you have a, 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 a strong biblical church? If only 13% of the people in your church served, would you have a, a massive volunteer base? If only 13% of the people in your church love their neighbor, would we be making an impact? I looked at that stat and I thought, man, we, we got to talk more about stewardship. That is a, that's a failure from the pulpit that we have allowed this area to go unaddressed because, you know, we don't want to be criticized or we don't want to be offensive. 
if money is a spiritual issue, if stewardship is a heart issue, we've got to talk more about it because we have a long way that we can go there um, in spiritual obedience, which will ultimately lead to spiritual impact. That's good. Um, Christian, I, I don't know if many people know this, but one of our values at Journey Church International is generosity. And when it comes to giving and tithing, it really comes from a heart of generosity, doesn't it? Um, where did you learn generosity? I, I know that comes specifically from your heart. You believe in generosity. You believe, we believe that we can never outgive God. What, what, what challenged you to, to have a heart of generosity? So you're never more like God than when you give, right? John three sixteen. if we know one verse, it's this one, God so loved the world that he gave. We're never more like God than, than when we give. So any heart of generosity has to come from God who is, who is a generous God. I mean, there's no question about Absolutely. that, right? Um, but for me, it was modeled for me by my mom and dad. Um, my mom and dad tithed faithfully. Um, they tithed a lot. Um, and when I say a lot, you know, as a young kid, when, when you have two parents who are educators, um, but you know, they're, they're not making six figure salaries, but when you see them write out their check, which my mom did faithfully every payday, she would write out the check and every now and then she would let the kids put it in. Um, That's cool. And of course, when you put your mom and dad's check in the offering plate, you're going to look at it first to see how much it is. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And when you're putting a check in the plate for 300, 400, 500, 600 dollars. As a kid, you're thinking, that's a lot of money. Yes. And I remember asking my mom and dad when, you know, when I would see a check for $421.13, thinking, <laughs> why? What's yeah, what's, what does that mean? And them teaching me it's 10%, uh, you know, of what we got. Now, I would say just round up, right? But, I mean, it, <laughs> they taught me this principle of 10%. When my mom and dad would give us our allowance, we would get dollars with dimes. So they would give us a dollar, and then they would give us our dime for the offering. Technically they should have given us 11 cents because we That's got a right. dollar 10. Right. Um, but they just taught us when you receive, you tie the first 10% is God's. It's a way to say, thank you. Uh, it's a way to, um, it's a way to ask God for more. It's a way to open up blessings in your life. Uh, because of the model that my parents set for me, um, in nearly every area of my life, probably every area of my life, I have failed miserably. I can't, I literally cannot remember a dollar that I've made that I've not tithed on since I was like five or six years old. That's just one of the earliest spiritual principles that was laid into my soul. And now it's, it's my honor, you know, not only as a Christian to continue to give, but as a pastor, now I get to lead the charge so that our church tithes off our offerings, you know, which is even cooler because I, I can never have impact as a person that our church has uh, just the, the industry that I'm in, I, you know, I'm never going to make millions of dollars to be able to give hundreds of thousands away. But as a pastor of a church that has generous people like we do sure. you know, as a church, we've been able to give away nearly a million dollars, you know, invested in missions and uh, community outreach the last six years. That's because of the generosity of our people, but it's because of the model that my mom and dad set um, early go. in life. There you go. Well, Christian, your presupposition for your message was this statement. One of the last areas that Christians give God their trust is their money. Most Christians aren't stingy people. They're scared people. I love that statement. What are, what are we scared of? What are Christians scared of? It's security. Uh, we, 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 place our, we place our security um, in finances. I mean, that, that, is, that is the deal, right? I mean, I love Dave Ramsey. Uh, I love 
Financial Peace University. Yes. I love Total Money Makeover. I love what I have learned from him. Don't know him personally. Right. Right. Don't agree with every Twitter rant he goes on. But his financial plan has really impacted deeply Danielle and I's life and allowing us to get out of debt and live, you know, to act our wage, um, you yes. know, rather rather than our age. But even his statement, financial peace, finances should never give you peace. They're not intended to. Jesus there gives you, you peace. Finances aren't called the prince of peace. Jesus is called the prince of peace. So we, we've, we've been given this thought that if you get your money in order, you can have peace. You can have security. Mm-hmm. So I meet a lot of people that say, and listen, I said this in my message, right? Malachi 3.10, God says, test me in giving and see how much I can pour into your lap. We've changed that where we say, no, God, you, you, know, you test me in having and when I have as much as I need, I'll give you more. It's like we've changed the equation. God says, test me. Um, you give to see how much I'll give. And we said, no, 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 no. Turn it around. You give. And then when I have my million, I'll give. Um, we've tried to change the equation. So, you know, when I say people are scared, we got to figure out a way to pay for college. We got we to gotta get out of credit card debt. We got to pay off student loans. Um, no one ever has enough save for retirement. Sure. I mean, if if money is our peace, if money is our security, if money is when I'm taken care of, God can have the rest. God will never get any. So God says, put me first, not simply so that he can bless you financially, but so that you can learn to have peace in the only thing that offers peace. And it's not financial. It's Jesus. Christian, you talked a little bit earlier in the podcast about this, this word tithing, um, and you also brought it up in your message. Someone might say that tithing is an Old Testament concept and is never mentioned in the New Testament. So I believe in New Testament giving. Um, how would you respond to that person? You know, murder is also an Old Testament concept that's not mentioned a whole lot in the New Testament. True. So, I mean, is that one we, we don't follow anymore? Um, tithing is mentioned in the New Testament. Matthew twenty three twenty three. Jesus specifically uses the word tithing. Mm-hmm. Um, he uses the word tithe, speaking to the Pharisees when he said, "Listen, you you tithe off the very smallest portion of what you have. You're tithing, but you don't love people who are hurting." And Jesus said, "You should do both." He didn't say, "Don't worry about tithing; just love people." He said, "You should do both." So Jesus did address tithing, um, and he said to tithe. But everything in the New Testament that was birthed in an Old Testament principle. In the New Testament, like if you really want to be a New Testament Christian, you got to do more. The Old Testament said, don't murder. Jesus said, I tell you, don't even be angry. Go further. Old Testament said, don't commit adultery. Jesus said, I'm going to tell you, don't even lust. Old Testament, um, you know, said, if you're going to swear, only swear by the temple. Jesus said, no, 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 don't swear by anything. So if Old Testament says give 10%, Jesus would probably say do more. So we can be New Testament Christians if we want, but I'll settle for you being an Old Testament Christian because I believe that opens up the blessing of Malachi 3.10 for you. And more than that, I believe it helps you put your trust in Jesus, you know, ra- rather rather than in money. So we talked about the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, probably one of my favorite childhood stories, um, uh, learning as, as a young person. They had a faith over fear moment while in the fiery furnace, and as a result, Jesus showed up. Um, Perhaps said another way, their faith over fear invited Jesus to the party, as you mentioned in your message. Can you help explain the concept of giving generously and how it ultimately reveals whether or not Jesus is the guest of honor? Well, giving reveals 
who is the guest of honor. And that's the reality. Show me your checkbook and I'll show you what's most important. Now, maybe nobody keeps a checkbook. So show, show me your app <laughs> right. that budget, you know, that tracks your budget. Show me your online printout, whatever. Um, just, just let me, you, I don't have to know anything about you or your family. Let me look at a year of your finances and I'll tell you what's most important to you. Anyone. So listen, you don't need me to take, let me, let me look at your tax return. The IRS can tell you what is at the center of your universe um, because your tithe should be probably next to your next to your mortgage. Um, your tithe should be the second largest investment you make. I mean, just just in financial terms, right? You're right. probably never going to use 10 percent of your salary on a car, um, but, you know, but I know a lot of people who. I mean, they'll pay thousands and thousands of dollars for some kind of travel ball or dance um, or gymnastics or band or debate or whatever, and they don't have money to tithe. It's not that they don't have money to tithe. It's just not as important as those other things. It, I mean, right. it just is the reality. Um, so you say, you know, how, how does tithing put Jesus at the center of the party. It just says this investment's the most important to me. Exactly. Uh, so, so you can see that you, what you invest in, you care deeply in. So, you know, sh show me your checkbook, open up the app. Um, and, and I'll, I'll tell you what's most important to you. And that will tell you what's most important to you. I think what everyone is enjoying about this message series the most is that at the end of every week, you have a faith over fear moment. And so this week's faith over fear moment is, is this, that you've encouraged us, you've challenged us to take a 90-day generosity challenge for the fourth quarter of 2017. Without going into a whole lot of details of that, maybe you want to expand on that, but would you mind sharing a time where you were uh, personally challenged to take the next step of generosity? Yeah, so the 90-day generosity challenge is just to open up more generosity, just from where you are. Right. Do more. Figure right. out where you're yeah. at. If, if you're tithing, do more for a quarter. You know, if you give, but you don't tithe, tithe. Um, if you give every now and then, start giving consistently. Um, if you just give random amounts, pick a percentage and start giving the same amount consistently. Um, if you don't give it all, give something. Right? It's just like do something more to be generous. <laughs> and listen, don't give it to our church. Give it to Hurricane Harvey. Give it to Hurricane Army. Just be generous. You know, give it to your favorite foundation. It's, I don't want to say we don't need your money, but we're not in need of more money. It's not why we're doing the generosity challenge. Just be generous. Um, for us, probably the, the, the biggest generosity test that I've had in the last five years. You, you've heard my tithing DNA. I tithe like I breathe. I just, I can't not do that. I was raised you know, in, in a denomination that, that kind of had a, a heavy legalistic hand. So I learned at a, at a young age at a lot of things, if you don't do them, you'll go to hell. And that, you know, that's most of the other ones I broke, I risk it, you know, but the tithing is one that stuck. Yes. Um, but a generosity challenge for me, when, when we, when we did this building, um, Danielle and I made a faith pledge for our building, um, that was substantial for us. And we had to save for a year, just to make our initial um, kind of commitment offering to the building. Uh, and we had it saved up. And three days before that commitment Sunday, Danielle totaled our car. And the insurance hardly gave us anything for it. And we found ourselves having to having to buy a new car with really not money for a car payment. 
um, with this $5,000 chunk that we'd set aside to give three days earlier as the first part of what we would give over 18 months. Um, and I remember thinking, you know, God, I, you know, I, I think I need that money. Like I've got to buy a car. I don't want a car payment. If I have a car payment, there's no way I'll be able to meet the remainder of my pledge. Um, I don't think I can do this. And, and really I looked for someone to tell me, just use that commitment money, buy your car. You're the pastor, right? You sacrifice everything. Um, I wanted someone to let me off the hook. So I called our finance director and just explained my situation. Said, here's, here's what I got going on. Insurance totaled us out at this, um, like the cheapest car we can afford is this, you know, I've got this money put away. Is it possible? God had me save this up so that I could pay this car instead of commit this money. And he said, that's a good question. I just have one question for you. Did God tell you to give that money to a car or did God tell you to make that commitment to the building? Great question. And I said, there's no question. God told me to pledge that amount and give that amount to the building. Then he said, you better do what God told you and just trust him. And we did three days later. Um, you know, we gave that check and what happened over the next year, the generosity of people in our life who poured, who poured, um, life into us, uh, within 12 months, we had that car paid off. Um, the new car that we bought, which was really an upgrade over our old car. Um, just, just people who just randomly, um, wanted to help us speaking engagements. I got that where I got paid more than I thought I was going to get paid within a year. That concern was all over. But in, but in that moment I had a, I had a faith over fear or fear over faith moment. And I'll be honest, had, had I talked to the wrong person, I probably would have made a really bad spiritual decision because I'd have gone with security. I'd have gone with protection. Uh, and I'm, I'm very thankful that at that moment, somebody pointed me and said, God has already told you what to do. You don't have to ask me. Um, so that, that, that was a moment that reminds me, you can't outgive God. I just believe that with all my heart. It's, it's what we say in our church. You just can't outgive um, God. I don't want to, I don't want to say, um, I want to test that fact often, but every time I have, God has come through. Christian, thank you for your transparency, and thank you for the challenge this week and the reminder to have faith over fear in all areas of our life, including our finances. And thank you for listening today. If you are enjoying this podcast, please share this with all of your friends on social media and take a moment to rate and review on iTunes or Google Play. This helps us spread the word about um, what we believe to be an incredible resource. We'll see you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Also, if you have enjoyed this podcast, help us get the word out and show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. Please share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.